of the Finding Backcountry podcast. This is Dustin, and this is definitely a first for me uh, because I am, well, for two reasons. One, I am recording in my truck as I'm driving down the road, which I have done once before, uh, episode many episodes ago with uh, Duggar, Jeremy Duggar down in New Mexico, but um, not like this. So this is a solo episode and I'm recording on my phone. So not sure how this is going to turn out, but uh, and just been thinking about the podcast and continuing to put out content, valuable content. And so couldn't take it anymore uh, on my way to a road trip that I'll explain right now, but Forgot to throw in my podcast gear, and so I'm giving this a try, uh, recording on my phone, and we'll see if if this is even possible. Um, you'd sure think with the technology that I have uh, in this phone, I'd be able to upload an episode of recording an audio podcast, but we'll see. So, uh, what am I up to? So, been busy lately, but right now, on my way, um, actually on a work trip for the next week, week and a half or so. Um, Not complaining about it. So uh, as many of you know, I work at Gunworks and heading down to um, outside of Raton, New Mexico, all the way, driving all the way from Cody, Wyoming uh, today, which has been, it's been uh, not bad. I don't mind driving and coming down through some some cities and towns and stuff that I uh, either have never been to or haven't been to in a long time. Um, been through Denver like this, uh, but not not uh, not for a long time. So that's uh, just currently where I'm at right now. But anyway, uh, so what we're doing down there, we have all these long-range university courses throughout the year super valuable. Um, if you don't follow, uh, my buddy, Phil Vallejo on Instagram, you need to look him up. His Instagram handle is something like Vallejo and then some numbers. I can't remember underscore. I want to say zero three one six, but I'm probably getting that wrong. Anyway, you'll find him a uh, super knowledgeable guy, former, former, uh, scout sniper, actually a former Marine scout sniper instructor. And so in the military, and so his knowledge base is just incredible. Um, and I've I've learned a lot from him, but he teaches our classes along with uh, Ben, who was also a Marine Scout sniper uh, under under Phil in the military as well. So two super knowledgeable guys, and they teach our long range shooting courses for the most part. This is a little bit unique because we head down and. Uh, teach a couple days of class and then uh, piggyback it with an actual antelope hunt through one of the outfitters down here. So just crazy cool experience for guys who are looking to extend their shooting range to get that type of instruction and then be able to literally go out and apply it in the field uh, the very next day is probably an experience uh, second to none that I know of, so, um, on my way to that, that's, uh, like I said, down in kind of northern New Mexico, which worked out well, 
because uh, about a week and a couple days from now, I have a Colorado archery deer hunt that opens up that Saturday. So I'm piggybacking that. Sorry, the road here is super bumpy. But, and uh, these big diesel trucks that I'm driving, they, they're not, uh, not known for a super smooth ride. So <laughs> uh, piggybacking my archery, Colorado archery deer hunt with my brother off of this uh, work trip. So worked out pretty well. Gonna have a, should have an entire week after the hunt opens to chase a deer. And so that's part of what I want to talk about is just kind of our approach there. Uh, I've talked about it on other podcasts, but just wanted to kind of recap some principles that, uh, you know, that we've either done on this hunt or that we're, that we didn't do. Uh, there's one in particular that is kind of one of our cardinal, a cardinal sin that we've, I think, made on this hunt. And so hopefully it doesn't end up burning us, but, um, First, before that, some things that uh, some things that are on my mind that I wanted to bring up um, because this is this is just relevant to me right now and some of the guys that I know. Um, one one thing regarding kind of bonus points, and I know right now it's not the time of year that most guys are thinking about bonus points. Uh, application season's basically over uh, for any normal Western hunt. However. There are multiple states right now that have bonus point only uh, application periods open. And so the way that that typically works in most states is that have that option. Um, let's see, Wyoming, Montana, um, that might be it. Anyway, in the past, if you didn't apply in the normal application period for a tag, you could just flat out purchase a bonus point in Wyoming, for example, for a set fee, right? I think antelope was 30 bucks and deer was 40 bucks and elk was 50 bucks. I think the prices have gone up since then which sucks for non-residents, but, um, and, and so the way that that process worked and the reason that this is, this conversation is important is because if you had applied in the regular draw, okay, let's say that you put your application in, uh, during the regular draw and were unsuccessful, just like every other state, you would be awarded a bonus point in Wyoming this year. However, there was a slight change to that. If you applied in the regular draw and were unsuccessful, there was no option to also include your bonus point into that into that application. So what that means is that if you don't jump on and purchase your bonus point for this year, and you even if you applied and were unsuccessful, you will not receive a bonus point for... Uh, whatever, whatever species we're talking about, I think. No, let me back up. This only applies, I remember now, this only applies to deer, elk, and antelope uh, for non-residents, obviously. Residents of Wyoming do not have deer, elk, and antelope points that I'm aware of. And so 
but for deer, elk, and antelope. Sheep, moose, goat, uh, that, I believe, was normal option. If you were unsuccessful in a draw and you chose your bonus point, I believe that you're awarded your bonus point. But for deer, elk, and antelope in the state of Wyoming, if you're a non-resident and you've been building bonus points or were hoping to start building bonus points this year, you have to jump on and apply, or not apply, but purchase your bonus points right now during the bonus point period that I believe goes till the end of October, but don't quote me on that. I know it goes at least until the end of September, but um, it's open right now. And again, used to be $30, $40, and $50 respectively for antelope, deer, and elk. I believe that's gone up a little bit uh, with a fee change, but I could be wrong. So, super important. Uh, I am afraid there's going to be guys that get burned on that this year. I, I know there will be because I barely caught it, and I feel like I'm pretty wrapped up in uh, the application processes and the rule changes for most, you know, the seven or eight western states that I apply for, and I I don't even know how I caught it. Um, maybe on a podcast or one of the, you know, Epic Outdoors or something like that. So uh, keep that in mind. Email me with questions. I'll try to do my best. If you're not sure about something, I'll try to do my best to uh, get better answers if I miss something or if you're not sure. But 99% sure that that's the process going forward for the state of Wyoming. Uh, I did mention Montana earlier. I don't think there's any change to Montana. As far as I know, if you applied in you know like the for the deer and elk combo or whatever you probably still get your bonus point but don't quote me on that either because honestly i've never applied for the deer elk combo in montana i've never applied for anything in montana except bonus points and i always do that in the in the summer right now for like sheep and and now i'll do now i'll do deer and elk because i live so close um before it was just way too far of a drive for what I feel like is, you know, not a, not really a trophy hunt, to be honest. But when you live as close as I do, you know, I'm 30, 45 minutes from the state line, then it makes a lot more sense. So anyway, um, just wanted to throw that in there. Hopefully that brings value to one one guy that was, you know, kind of sleeping on that and was thinking he was going to get a bonus point because he applied for, you know, general deer in Wyoming this year and was unsuccessful. And he jumps on and gets his bonus point because, man, I just, I know how crucial bonus points are in this game. And if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're playing, if you're playing that game and you miss a year, it just feel like you just wasted an entire year of, of applying or whatever. I mean, you did, you know, um, for, for real, but it just sucked. So, um, so this, uh, this upcoming hunt, uh, backcountry, you know, real, real typical backcountry, Colorado, um, high country, backcountry, backpack, archery, mule deer hunt, nothing crazy, not one of the, you know, top end units that takes 15 points to draw or anything like that. Just, you know, um, not to be too specific, but I mean, you can definitely pick this unit up with, you know, three points or less. So, um, and so the, the cardinal sin uh, that I referred to earlier that we made on this hunt, uh, just because of, I mean, you guys all know, schedules and time and work and family and jobs and everything going on, um, we just, 
we have not stepped foot in this unit and we have yet to uh, lay eyes on it in, in person. We've done a fair amount of, of e-scouting or whatever we're calling it nowadays, uh, which, you know, I don't understand e-scouting. Internet uh, starts with an I if that's what we're referring to with e-scouting. But anyway, um, done plenty of Internet, you know, Google Earth scouting, but haven't stepped foot in the unit. And I've, I learned a long time ago, well, I thought I learned because here I am, uh, making the same mistake. Um, but I, I thought that I learned a long time ago that and, um, just have to step foot in a new unit before the hunt opens at least once, you know, just a, even if it's just a Friday, Saturday night, bomb in, bomb out, and just look at it just to get a feel for trail systems or, you know, check a water hole or, um, you know, how steep mountains are and passes and, you know, how big the basins actually are. Just all the all the things that catch us off guard when we step foot in a unit for the first time. It's not really with the idea of, of finding animals necessarily. It's just to get that first initial, like, orientation of the unit out of the way because, man, it just... I know how this is going to go, you know, and, and we have our excuses. I mean, we're working, we were scouting other hunts. Uh, the one, you know, the 4th of July weekend that I really had that was kind of like a three or four day weekend, we chose to, you know, bomb into another unit that we we're, that we're scouting or that we're hunting this year that we feel like it's got a ton of potential. And we probably, you know, my brother and I, we probably should have split up and one of us came over here and one of us over there and we weren't thinking, but uh, it is what it is. I just know that it's probably going to, you know, at, at best or at work, you know, work best case is it only costs us, you know, a day of orientation. We get in there and just happen to be in the right spot, you know, and we, you know, takes us one day to orient at worst. I mean, some of the backcountry units that I've hunted multiple, multiple times, if I think back to the first couple times, even the first you know, whole entire hunt that we went in there compared to where we're actually finding and killing deer right now or elk even. Uh, it's not, you know, it, it, it took us multiple hunting trips or multiple pack trips or whatever into some of those units to fine tune and to narrow down where the best bucks actually were or where the least amount of people were or whatever. So um, we're asking for it, but like I said, it's not, you know, if this was a um, trophy unit or if this was a hunt that, you know, took 10, 15 points or whatever, then I'd have a lot more anxiety about it. This isn't one of those hunts. And so not that the trophy potential is not there, but it just, you know, worst, worst case scenarios, we'll be, we'll be back in the unit, you know, in a, in a couple of years or whatever. So um, not ideal, but. Yeah, if you can avoid it, avoid it, but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, I want to leave you guys with with the story um, that I hope will bring some value to someone that's, you know, maybe going on their first hunt this year or has been hunting for a while and hasn't had success uh, very often or is looking to increase their success or whatever. Uh, and that's a story I haven't actually told yet of my 
mule deer hunt from last year. I, uh, this was a general, well, I ended up killing on the rifle hunt. It was actually a dedicated hunter tag in the state of Utah. So, um, I could hunt multiple, you know, all the, all the seasons, archery, muzzleloader. And, and then last year they opened up two rifle seasons. So, um, but I, I just want to recap that story because, man, I ended up killing on, you know, towards the very end of the last rifle hunt after hunting pretty hard on, I actually didn't get in on the archery. Um, we had a Nevada archery hunt before that, and I can't remember what else I had going on, but, um, but I did hunt the muzzleloader pretty hard and the early rifle even, and, and then finally on the last rifle and then come, so, you know, hunt, hunted pretty hard on a year that everyone knows was just relatively brutal, uh, to be flat out honest. You know, we talk about it, uh, the moisture and, you know, I make jokes about this year being, you know, the, the best moisture year we've ever had. And that word is just becoming almost annoying, um, because we've heard it so many times this year and, um, you know, the expectations I feel like for everyone to kill a, you know, the biggest year that they've ever seen is, is worse than it's ever been this year because we all think that, you know, bucks are just all going to, every single buck's going to put on, you know, 75 inches from last year. But last year, uh, man, having hunted the units that we were in multiple years before that and seeing the quality of bucks that we were seeing and then to really solidify this this uh, to prove that last year was brutal this year uh we've already found uh, i mean a handful easily easily half a dozen bucks that are all bigger than anything that we saw last year in the same exact areas the same unit the same same everything um you know and so it just kind of proves that God, it just, I don't think it was a coincidence. I don't, you know, I've heard it from multiple people last year. You, you know, you heard that last year was just absolutely brutal. Guys, and, and not even from guys like us that are just pretending uh, to kill big bucks or to know how to hunt big bucks, but, like, guys that really get it done, like, you know, the Jason Carters of the world, um, you know, hearing from guys like that, that, yeah, last year was absolutely horrible for antler growth or whatever. And so... Anyway, going through all that and and coming out on the back end with not a big buck, you know, relative to relative to scoring bucks and you know Boone and Crockett and even Pope and Young or whatever you want to score it up against, this was not a big buck, but it was relative to that year and that hunt. Um, it was it was the second biggest buck that my brother and I had laid eyes on personally in all four of those seasons and an entire summer of scouting. It was this, it was the second biggest buck. My brother killed the biggest buck that we laid eyes on, on the muzzleloader hunt. Um, you know, a really light horned, not even a, and that wasn't even a big buck. Um, a really light horned, really wide, but super light horned, uh, which makes sense for the year just terrible growth and you know and so to come out on the back end of that 
on a brutal year on a general season hunt after grinding for four different hunts, not four days, but four entire different hunts. Well, three. I didn't, like I said, I didn't hunt the archery very hard. My brother did, but um, to come out on the back end of that finally and finally find a buck that, you know, was just a buck, really. Any other year was just a buck, but to, for for me and honestly for a lot of guys, I think on a year like that, he might as well have been a 200-inch deer, uh, and yet he only scores, you know, 100 and I don't know, never scored him, 165 inches probably. Um, but man, after looking over so many deer that were just so much smaller than that, it really felt good. And so the key to that and the the valuable thing there is just the persistence. Um, and we like you hear guys talk about it, and I've talked about it, but the mental the mental aspect of this whole game of hunting and and trying to be successful with this, uh, you know, especially if you're trying to be at another level, which we, we all are, I think, you know, you, even guys who, who quote unquote are meat hunters or, or just in it for the experience or whatever, like, of course they want to kill a little bit bigger deer if they could, if they have the option. Um, you know, my, I, I, I've talked to my grandpa about hunting back in his day, right, way back in the day. I mean, this is, you know, this is 60 years ago. And the, these guys back then, I mean, you know, my, my grandpa tells a story of heading into the hills with with his dad, my great-grandpa. And uh, they they literally were scraping the money up to, to get the gas money to be able to afford to go to the hills for one weekend, one weekend a year, just to shoot a buck because they literally needed the meat. Um, and, and that, you know, but, but even he, and, and so they, you know, they would, they would roll up and they would shoot the first thing with horns that they saw. I think back then, generally deer were a little bit, bucks were a little bit more plentiful from the sound of it, listening to the stories, but they, you know, opening morning, uh, if there was three bucks standing on a ridge, they were shooting one. It, it didn't. It didn't matter. There was no spotting scopes. There wasn't even binoculars. There wasn't a scoring system that they cared about. Um, but my my point is, even even hearing that, um, Grandpa would always say, "Well, of course." He would say, "Of course, if there was, you know, two bucks standing on a ridge, I was going to shoot the bigger one." <laughs> and so. You know, I just refuse to believe that guys who are um, quote-unquote meat hunters or just for the experience or, you know, whatever the cliche saying is nowadays, that they even don't want to improve or be a little bit better or shoot a little bit bigger buck. Um, and so keeping that mental game strong, uh, pushing through a tough hunt, being able to put the past in the past, right? Um, in sports, the best, you know, the best athletes might fail, you know, over and over and over, right? Let, let's look at basketball. I use basketball from time to time or, or whatever sport you want, you know, baseball. Um, in baseball, you know, hitters, uh, a Hall of Fame, like Hall of Fame major league hitter will fail seven out of ten times. And if I, you know, I played that game long enough to know that if, if a guy couldn't get past his last at bat, um, it ultimately it would it would it would destroy his success. He would, you know, because eventually 
you just get so caught up in failing the previous at bat or whatever that you couldn't focus on the here and now, um, you know. And so, just to bring this full circle, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what's happened on the hunts before this. It doesn't matter how many days or miles or how few a bucks or how small the bucks are or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, all that matters is the next one. And, and I felt like, how do I put this? I felt like I finally, you know, I've struggled with that. We've had hunts where we've quit. We've had hunts where we've given up. We've left early. I've settled. Um, you know, New Mexico a couple years ago, I drew a sweet tag down there. It was a rough year. Um, you know, early hot, you know, or not, not early, but it was hot relative to the season. And, you know, it was supposed to be a migration hunt and bucks weren't in there yet. And so I had a certain standard and I, I deviated from that. I haven't deviated from that on purpose in, in years, in years since, you know, I mean, probably 10 years ago when I had tipped over, you know, three or four two point bucks with my bow. And I finally said, Hey, you know, like, okay, personally, I just said, it's time to, it's time to start killing bigger, mature bucks. I, you know, not because of any other reason than I just, I just want to see if I can do it. And so, um, I deviated from that though on that hunt because I was mentally weak. You know, I, 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 there's always an excuse that, I mean, it's, it's easy. It's not even hard to come up with half a dozen excuses when you get in that situation. Uh, it'll sound, it'll sound something like this. And, you know, uh, I drove all this way or I spent all this money on gas or I spent all this money on a tag or my wife expects me to bring home meat or my husband expects me to bring home meat or whatever. Um, you know, it's the last day, uh, you know, whatever. And, and, and so you justify it to yourself. And yet internally, if you set that standard, you know, um, you know that it's not really what you wanted. It's not really what you wanted. And so that's when you see those posts, posts that I've made myself. I've, I've made these posts of, well, not the buck I was after, but blah, 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 blah. And then you fill up the post with all these feel good, fuzzy, warm, fuzzy, uh, type, you know, cliche sayings that, um, you know, or you feel like are justifying the fact that you did this or you did that or you didn't cheat the buck you're after or whatever. So, um, so to, to conclude here, um, man, find, find that why. Um, and what I mean by that is find the, you know, the reason that you have in your mind to push yourself and, and look for a bigger buck or a bigger bull or to hold out or whatever, whatever your goal is. And I don't care. I mean, if you're a new hunter and you're just getting into it, it might just be to hold out for a, you know, a two-year-old buck instead of a fork and horn or whatever. That's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what the goal is. It doesn't, don't get me wrong. It does not have to be, you know, a 230 inch deer or bust. Um, it just, you know, whatever that goal is, find the why, know what the why is. Why do you have that goal? Why did you make that goal? Why is that important to you? And then do whatever you have to do to remind yourself of that during the hunt, because that's the only thing that's going to keep you 
from pulling the trigger on something that's not what you're after or not not pushing through and working uh, a little bit harder, going a couple more days or, you know, or whatever, even eating a tag, even eating a tag, honestly. Um, we have this anxiety of eating tags, um, and and I'm fascinated by it because I can't do it very well. And so, you know, that's for me, that's kind of my goal this year is to not only set my standard, but then be willing and prepared to eat my tag if I don't do it, all the while refusing to not meet my goal and my expectation. So that hunt last year was just, it was a really you know, I felt like I turned the corner on that. I held out, I held out, I held out. Like, man, I was, I literally had, uh, you know, shells in the chamber, uh, you know, a, a cartridge in the chamber on multiple bucks, you know, multiple times that were, that were close to what I was looking for. And, and they just weren't quite there. And I, and I, you know, I, I held off and I'm glad that I did. I rounded the corner on persevering and, and just kind of, and again, it wasn't a it wasn't a big buck, but it was it was the big buck for that hunt in in my eyes, um, and so I felt really really good about it. That buck probably means as much to me as any that I've killed. Um, you know, I I would put my my Nevada archery uh, four the four point buck. Uh, everyone calls it the the smiley buck because he, if you've ever seen the picture of him, he, he does. He looks like he's got this uh, crap eater grin on his face. Um, he, I guess he was just happy to be there with me and Corey at that time. You know, I, I can't blame him, but, um, man, ho- hopefully that brings value to, to one guy. Maybe it's the same guy that needed to hear the bonus. Point. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but maybe there's multiple guys out there that needed to hear that and just say, you know what, you know, may- maybe you need to lower your standards too. And, and I could ramble about this all day and I'll try not to, but you know, maybe you need to take a hard look and you've only been hunting for three years and you've seen all these, you know, mega bucks that get posted on Instagram because the wide angle lenses make them all look like 400 inch deer. And you're like, oh man, like 200 inch or bust, you know, and maybe you need to lower your standards so that you have a realistic goal to persevere towards. But whatever it is, um, hopefully this brings value to you and you, and you, and you dig deep this season and you just, you know, you, you meet your expectations for yourself um, and, and have that mental toughness, whatever that is. Man, I wish you guys all the best of luck. I'll try to keep uh, podcasts updated. You know, I don't even know for sure if this podcast was able to be uploaded. I pray that it is because it actually turned out pretty well. Um, man, it's hunting season. Love it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, um, you can hit me up, you know, all the Instagram handles, uh, at Dustin Whitwer or at the, at finding backcountry podcast. Um, you know, and, and also keep in mind, you know, this, this could help some guys I think can bring some value. If you're, you know, you got a last minute hunt or you're thinking about how far you have to pack in. Um, we still do have pack llamas. Uh, we've got surprisingly, a, you know, maybe some dropouts or whatever we had. So we've got some openings, uh, if you're up in the Wyoming area, I know we might have some openings, you know, between September and November there, hit me up. Um, but, but in, anybody, and you can email to, uh, rent at gmail.com. I believe I know that's the website, uh, rent, rent And so, and then backcountry logistics is the Instagram handle. So hit us up. Love to help you guys any way we can. 
and uh, hopefully this is this has been valuable to you and and helps you get it done this year. See you guys.